This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to The Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known guests about their lives, their careers and those difficult moments along the way. A little bit about this introduction to the podcast. Well-known guests. Jesus. Um, here with me Start is, the new year. Yeah, as you need to go yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Start off well on the on the front foot. Um, I'm Giles Prady-Phillips and with me as ever is the gorgeous Jim Daly. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks. I'm f- I'm not feeling gorgeous at the moment. Feeling quite tired. So that's nice confidence booster. Yeah. Um, happy New Year to you happy and New to New all to our you. listeners. Yeah. How was your Christmas? It was nice, quiet actually. In the end, yeah, we all had colds. I think nearly everyone had uh, colds in the whole country. But yeah, we had to, had a quiet one, but it was nice. I've just got over a cold, mm. uh, which has gone around our family. Our li- our littlest one, ten week old, has got it as well. He's very congested. So yeah, everyone's everyone's getting it uh, but it's nice to be back podding isn't it it's nice to be Lovely. back it feels like ages since we did the last pod it does it seems like months and months i mean it probably wasn't that yeah. long ago but well, three weeks ago yeah. i think but yeah, yeah it's, it's nice to be, to be back at it yeah yeah it is indeed and we've got a good one this week actually we've got this is um i'm just looking at the photos now oh they've come out well um we've got a, we've got a crack on this so it's someone you know quite well Yes, it's um, the brilliant director, Martin Owen. Well, he's, and he's, as we found out on the pod, he's also been an actor. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, directing and producing is his, his main, um, main roles in life. Uh, yeah, great, great guy. Great to chat to. Obviously, very, gave us lots of insights about the industry and how it works and um, his, his journey into doing it via, like, as we say, via acting and performing. And um, yeah, and tells us a bit about Growing up in um, the northeast, um, quite near where my my dad used to live, so yeah, it's um, it was a really good good chat. He um, he was yeah. I had to, at one point Google a film that I was slagging off to make sure that he, he wasn't involved it. in it. <laughs> he had a like I wasn't slagging it off. I just I was I was using it as a comparison to old. We talk a lot about eighties movies and because he's similar sort of age to us, so very much like nostalgic based in the eighties yeah. and nineties. And um, but I was using it as a comparison to talk about old movies and now. So I actually didn't finish this this current film. So I might try later on to finish it. Um, it's not a bad film. Anyway, I must stop talking about it because I don't want. In case we do get someone eventually, someone who comes on, on who's involved in the film, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that was great. I said, movie it was yeah. great. Yeah, don't listen to episode 191, but otherwise, <laughs> great movie. Um, but yeah, really interesting guy, Martin. Like, e- great, easy to talk to, and you know, fascinating career. Some really lovely insight about how he works, and um, 
he wouldn't slag off actors. I mean, God, just no. too professional. But, Typical, isn't it? But plenty of room for football um, talk and uh, yeah, and, and analogies, which I know you love. Yes, which you know I love. Yeah. I mean, we've literally kicked off the new year by just going straight back to old habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no new blank. It's the same old stuff. It's the same old stuff. Hopefully that's what people are looking forward to. Hopefully they weren't expecting anything new. Yeah. Hopefully they're just looking forward well, yeah, to the old. Yeah, we weren't going to provide it. No, exactly. No, no. We know what we like, and we just stick to it, and that is exactly that is what we do. Um, can I do a quick shout out to my solo show course, before we quick one? Is that okay? I'm doing my so my Edinburgh show was called. I know I talked about it a lot during the summer. Um, was called Jim Daly and Football and Fatherhood. I'm doing it again one more time in London. It's probably the last time I'll ever do this show because I'll then be cracking on with a new show at some point. Um, Thursday the 9th of February. So that's about what a month away. At 6.30 p.m. at the Bill Murray, which is a really lovely, lovely venue nice. in, in North London. Um, tickets are eight quid, and uh, they're available now from angelcomedy.co.uk, but I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Please do come along. It's a four-star show. Got rated four stars and was actually pick of the Fringe during the Fringe as well, which made it one of the top 200 shows of the Fringe, which I was very, very pleased about. And it's a show about football and fatherhood, funnily enough, but it's also about sort of growing up and, uh, and, and all sorts of, lots of things for people that aren't, football fans or parents as well as it's a show for everyone so please do come along if you're free it'd be lovely to see you there it's quite a big room so it'd be nice to sort of pack it out for my and it's being filmed as well so it'd be really nice to pack oh, it man, out and if people could come along and um drink lots and uh laugh that'd be great <laughs> yeah like, anyway yeah laughing's the, the main thing at comedy the show. main thing yeah yeah yeah. but if, it's a it's a fun it's a really fun show i'm looking forward to doing it again so if everyone's available then uh yeah be lovely to see you there on the 9th of feb Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, well, everyone get down there. Thanks, man. Um, should we crack on with the episode? I think we should. Yeah. Would you like to introduce New Year? How about you do the in New the Year, New intro Year bit? Oh, hang on. And then I do the well, I always do the outro. Let's just see what happens. You do it and we'll see what happens at the end of the end of the pod. Okay. <laughs> so our first pod of two thousand and twenty three, this is the brilliant Martin Owen on the Blank Podcast. Well, Martin, it's lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, now, I thought we could broach the subject of football early doors because we're all big football fans here. Jim's in his Jim's in his uh, palace. Well, several layers of palace. Uh, merchandise by the looks um now you now uh, am i right you're are you from darlington is that your i am yeah i'm from darlington yeah. yeah so so why do you support liverpool so my so my dad is um newcastle united supporter um and when when we were when we were very very young i think like i was five and my brother one of my two brothers was like four years old and my dad took us there used to be a, a little sports shop in Darlington called Simpson Sports um and they were like one of only two places in Darlington you could get like new football shirts I'm not selling Darlington very well here straight off the straight of the bit <laughs> anyway but they um my dad took us there to get a Newcastle shirt but they didn't have any Newcastle shirts in um and I was drawn to Liverpool shirts my brother was drawn, fortunately, to a Manchester United shirt. So, oh. so I know, I know, terrible. So I then, that was my kind of start with Liverpool when I was five. Um, and yeah, my brother, my the oldest of my two younger brothers supports Manchester United, which is terrible. Oh, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. It really bad. <laughs> oh, your dad must have been gutted. Devastated. I think he was probably more dev. He was more devastated about my brother, to be honest, than me. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, because at the time as well, because it was, it was the eighties. So at the time, like Liverpool was the the best. I'm I'm surprised at that either. They had a Manchester United shirt in stock, to be honest. Because that yes, was yeah. that was a barren period for them. It was a terrible period. Like absolutely so, terrible. Not trying to aid you, but would that have been like a Crown Paints era shirt? Uh, it may have been. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah like i would like to say it was the candy shirt but no it wasn't it was camping yeah yeah because there was a sports shop in my town in seaford probably a bit like your sports shop in darlington which had football shirts but they were all really old ones yes yeah, so, so even like 
when the Premier League had begun, they still had the Crown Paints Liverpool shirt in there. Uh, like <laughs> an antique on the wall that you could still buy at full price, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's actually nuts. It's nuts now what vintage football shirts cost you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jim, Jim is a big aficionado of vintage shirts. He's got quite a few behind him. Mamma mia. Yeah. A lot of them aren't that vintage. I re- the one I really want is a Crystal Palace 97-98 by Munich Adidas kit, but it goes for like 150 quid on eBay. And Jesus. I just can't wow. And I, I have one from back then, but it's a size small because I was only 14. And so I just done the, 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 the COVID gut and the dad bod combo just means I, it doesn't stretch over it, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. But it's funny, like, there's a theory, isn't there, about football shirts uh, that... Uh, about teams wearing red, like red is like the winner's color. I guess maybe it's because like historically teams in red teams do better. But it's interesting that like in that moment that clearly worked. So actually, maybe there is a theory behind red football shirts, like not just like winning, but like attra- attracting eyes and attracting fans. That's yeah, that's very true. Actually, I don't know what it. I don't know what it was because I wasn't like um, I didn't know anything about teams or 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 anything or players or anything. I was because I was only five years old, but it was just. Yeah, I was, I was drawn to the shirt. I I also like. Did you remember like when like the crown paints and the candy as well? They had like they, they were in that like embossed like white felt. Yes. And like, I really yeah. like the feeling of it. I really like the feeling. Very of it. tactile. Yeah, yeah. I was a big I was a big fan of that. So I think maybe Jim, it was I, that. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, I have one of those. Oh, I have rats. because I've got a. Hang on, I'm getting hot now, so the layers coming off. Um, I have a um a palace shirt that I bought off eBay from ninety four ninety five that I did have as a kid. But like that TDK one. TDK, but yeah. that's like the shirt's long gone. This is such a, this is very niche. Oh, so niche. You're right. <laughs> that felt, that weird felt. Like, what the fuck is that stuff? I don't know. Like, it's, 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 and Palace recreated a Tulip computer shirt, like a 92 shirt last year. I've got that. So, you know, like everyone recreates them now, all these companies recreate them, but they, they found the felt. They've like found this weird green felt. I don't know where they got it from. I mean, it's probably, it's probably asbestos or something horrible. But they found it. <laughs> well, I, I got a, I ordered a, um, Liverpool one online two years ago from one of these companies that recreates them and it didn't have the felt. It was just like, it was just like, you know, like it was just printed on like plastic. I was like, this is awful. Like terrible. Oh, yeah. You need the felt. Yeah. You need the, ta- the tacky, awfully produced felt. Like that's what it's about. I might try and see if I can find that. Shirt. Go on, you, you go and look while like, I ask Martin second. about Darlington. <laughs> I, I know Darlington a little bit because my... My dad and my nan were from Durham, so we used to travel you have up. No idea of how many shirts. <laughs> so old fucking box of them. Um, yeah, so we used to get the one two five up every summer, um, and obviously Darlington was think was the was the stop before Durham, County Durham, pretty sure. So nearest neighbours. So yeah, what was what was growing up in Darlington like? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know it's a a kind of. I guess predominantly a kind of a working class northern town, um, and I think probably like my experience of growing up was probably very very different to certainly not from a lot of people that I know that I work with, say from London or what have you. It's very very kind of very kind of different upbringing. Um, I think I think that um, you know it's not. I'm sure it's not the same now, but I think the the biggest thing about I think growing up in the northeast in the eighties and the nineties was that it was kind of like there was a limited number of jobs into which you may go into. So I remember being at school and doing like the film, the form in at school where it was going to predict what you're going to be. And I remember all my friends finding it hilarious because obviously answering the questions as someone who's naturally creative, I got a hairdresser. Like so, <laughs> my, so my friends are like that's hilarious. And then I seriously remember my. It teaches at school being like, oh, maybe you should consider hairdressing. What is it you want to do? And I was like, I want to work in film. And they're like, stick stick with hairdressing. I said, hang on, I'm not hairdresser. I'm like, I don't, I, yeah. don't want to, I don't want to cut hair. Like, it's not, I've got no, and I, you know, anyone that cuts hair, you know, like, like anything, I'm sure you, I'm sure that they love it and have a passion for it, but I had zero passion for cutting hair. But I, at one point, seemed to be getting shoehorned into that by my teachers at school, um, which was strange. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. Weirdly, that's the second time we've talked about Giles and I were talking about cutting hair earlier because yeah, we were found we? the new barber that he really liked. I, I was going to say that's a, that's a nice cut you've got, Giles. I'm just going to get my charger for my laptop. Thank you, thank you very much. It's a very nice cut. Um, when, when did you have that done? Uh, oh, what day was it? Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. 
He's a good guy. Do you want to see the shirt? I got the, I got the shirt. <clears throat> so I got both shirts. If yeah, you we want to see. The, yeah, we want to see the shirts. Both originals, I assume. So that's the. This is perfect no. for 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 predominantly audio. I'll take a picture later. <laughs> um, that's nine seven nine seven ninety eight. Nice. So that's the that is a nice Munich shirt. One. That is nice. That shirt actually. That's that the, that's is the, to be fair. That that's the Hopkins one, isn't it? Hopkins one. Hop and uh, yes. Well, yeah, before two years in a row, and then that's the felty TDK. Yeah, nice. You haven't got it's not got dirty either, which is nice. No, and unfortunately, the other shirt I've got. So this is this would have been one of the first shirts I ever owned, which is nutmeg. Do you remember those gels? Nutmeg. I think it was in house actually. Nutmeg. Yeah, I was so going to say that is a very cheap branding. And this is off eBay, but I. I it's definitely genuine because it, it's the TDK there, but you can see it's got a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's got, got a bit mucky. Yeah. There must be someone that could clean that somewhere. That's a that's a beaut, though. That's a beaut, yeah. Yeah. And look, it's got the old, they've got the felty it's... badge as well. Yeah, yeah, I love the felt badge. Oh, man, that, yeah, that's special. That's legit. That's legit. That's legit, isn't it? Yeah. I should, can I fit into that medium? 3840. Oh, God, that's tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pour, pour yourself into it. Yeah, I'll make it work. I need. I mean, I I got to stop doing exercise and running, and and I got to lose this lose this weight. Christmas, I just I just leaned into it. I was like, do you know what? Cheese boards every day yeah. is Christmas, but then New Year, New Me. Although my my personal trainer's just had a baby, so I'm not going to see him for three weeks. So it's his fault <laughs> if, if I don't lose this yeah. weight. It's his fault. Him and his him and his bloody penis. So, <laughs> so interestingly, and even at a kind of young age, you were thinking about working in film. What? Tell us a bit about your like. What were the first kind of those sort of first film memories for you? Then was was there a particular film that kind of captured your imagination? Or yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think like I probably like a lot of people when I was when I was very young. I always just aspired to watch movies that I, w I wasn't supposed to watch, you know. Yeah. And so I think like a movie that always always stuck with me was Nightmare on Elm Street. Like that for me was like I remember watching it even as a kid watching it and thinking like I'm scared but I'm also like I'm having fun I, I was I was aware of that sort of like what, what why that's such a great film it's kind of it's got that sort of slightly almost like campy nature to it hasn't it you know yeah. it's like it doesn't take itself too seriously and and it's just it's over the top and the the, the, the violence is like deliberately gratuitous and it's just like I remember seeing that at a young age I remember seeing Bloodsport, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, yeah. And I became a... I had a period of being a massive Van Damme fan. I mean, like, ridiculous. I remember having, like, my posters in my bedroom were, like... I remember one point having, like, a John Barnes poster on one wall and then, like, an AWOL Jean-Claude Van Damme poster on. <laughs> uh, and I haven't really changed much since then, to be honest. Um, you know, and, and I was, like... I think back to then... And like I always try and think about the first music I listened to, and because I think you know music is so important in film, and it's like I remember the first song I ever bought as a cassette was uh, Salt and Pepper, Push It. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was the first first thing I ever bought, and then The Only Way Is Up by Yaz was the next one I bought. Oh my god! Yeah. So last um, remember that? Yeah. The the last the school disco end of my primary school year, sort of within like year six, I guess is or. It wasn't called Year Six in those days, but yeah, Yaz, yeah, Yaz, and the Plastic Population was. Uh, they played that about three or four times that night. Wow, um, it's a belter. Yeah, yeah it's totally weirdly belter. that song reminds me of living in Spain because it would have been late late eighties. <laughs> so I lived in Spain in the late eighties with my mum and dad and younger brother, and I just got a vision now of like going down the escalators in a shopping centre. And it being played, but I guess it was kind of peak shopping center song, wasn't it? Oh, prime, that's prime time shopping center. Yeah, yeah. Like prime time shopping center. I tell you what, I as well was watching yesterday because I, I do this thing where I um, I fall into my eighties uh, online vortexes all the time, where I start like I look at something and then I just and I was watching yesterday like stars in their eyes videos. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I just like I was. Um, I, I was sat on the porcelain throne watching um, yeah stars stars in their eyes and and I was late for a, I was late for a Zoom call it might have been with you Giles and um, and I <laughs> and I was uh, yeah, so I was watching vintage stars in their eyes. So who was the who were the yeah. who were the transformations? Well, I can't remember quite a few of the people I didn't know who they were. I'll be honest, as in like the, the celebrities, I have no idea who they were. But um, one did um, Janet Jackson. 
right, right which, okay. was, which was quite good. Um, and then I started, I started thinking, oh, Matthew Kelly, you bet. So, yes. So then I went into a You Bet Vortex. Now, that, oh, let me man. tell you, was a good show. It was, yeah, a, it was great a good song. show. It had a great song as well. Um, but they should bring that back because what I liked about that show was like, I've got the attention span of a small monkey. So it's kind of like I always have done. But what I liked about You Bet was it was like, it was quick. It was gratification. Getting this guy on, he's going to see if he can like jump a BMX over 15 old ladies. Do you know what I mean? And it's like brilliant. Brilliant yeah. TV. Yeah, and also it was the, the, that was kind of pioneering in getting like audience participation with like them choosing as well, like if they thought they could do it or not. That was amazing. Like it was. Oh yeah, yeah. was there an audience angle? Was there? I'm sure there was. Like they pressed the button if they were like. There, there voted, was. Didn't you? I think it was. I think it was. The, there was one bit at the end where the audience had a vote on like the last one of each show. Ah, okay, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. That was a great TV show. You know. You know if they put. If you, you know for sure if they brought that back, it would be um, Ant and Deck. 100%. Oh, no, it'd be Ryland. It'd be Ryland. Oh, oh, yeah, Ryland. Yeah. <laughs> he is very good, to be fair. Um, but there, um, I'm going to listen to the theme now because I don't, don't remember it. Um, but you're right about the. Um... <laughs> what that didn't happen. Oh my god, you that is superb. Uh, it's almost synced up in my ears, actually. <laughs> 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 oh my god, what a tune! It's a really uh, going back to the um to Stars in Their Eyes, one of my favourite episodes of Stars in Their Eyes was when they a guy came on as Krista Burr. Oh wow. And then um the next, because I think he won the series or something. Okay. And then they had like Christopher and the guy together on a sofa on like a, one of these morning t like TV shows, like Good Morning Britain or something. And I remember Christopher was gushing about the guy being him. And it was so awkward and weird. You know, he's like looking at him going, this guy's so good. He's so good at being me. He's like more me than me. Yeah, it's just like, oh my God, Chris. How bizarre. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what Christopher looks like. He's quite a he's quite a an, he's quite an unusual look. Yes, is, is it? Christopher. Yeah. He looks niche look. Yeah. He looks like niche. he looks like a disgraced Tory MP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of um Yeah, there is a bit of that about him. Yeah. Do you think there are podcasts? That, I'm actually googling it out. There must be podcasts about retro TV shows because yeah, I feel like we could be. just do a spin-off now, couldn't we? Yeah, ab absolutely. I mean, and because then, because what you do in your head is, I like, I will then ju jump to the next dot. So I'll be like, okay, you bet. Then I'm yeah. like, oh, gladiators. Do you not know, like? like oh, man, I always yeah, yeah. jump to the next one that would come at you like it was either the, the, the next year or it was like the same, like the same channel later in the evening. But I used to love um, gladiators. Me, me and my, yeah. one of my brothers used to like get all the. Like probably like most people get all the cushions off the sofa and stack yeah, them up so yeah. they could do the like the pugil stick thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah and the travelator. Oh, travelator was so good. Always a well, favourite. Actually, going back to you, bet because mm. you made a really good point there about like it was. They got to the core of like it was fast. It was almost like reality TV now, or maybe maybe like TV now, I guess, because like everything's so quick because of like social media and stuff. And but it was ahead of its time in a way. I wonder if like. Do you think TV shows, uh, um, not reality TV shows, what was it, game shows, were sort of better back then? 100%. hundred. I, I, I really do. Like, if you, if you, I think that, I think, I guess, and I think I know the, the reason why was because there was, like, now there's so many different platforms and channels. It's, it's like less, probably less time goes into the creative development of a show. It's kind of yeah. like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's try and how. What's the cheapest way we can make it in case you know? Whereas once upon a time, when you had those original four channels that then became five channels in the UK, there was a lot, lot less content available, wasn't there? You know, and, and yeah. even to when you you know watching films, it's kind of like you would genuinely kind of take the time to write. Okay, that film is showing on that channel at that time on that day. I'm going to watch that. You know, mm -hmm. um, and then our only other resource for getting films was to rent them. You know, was to go yeah. to Ritz Video or whatever. You know. Yeah, well, I worked in a video shop in the nineties. I knew Late that. 90s. I remember you telling yeah. me. That. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and um, funny enough, the guy that owned it was a big John Claude Van Damme fan because literally <laughs> the 
the like he'd had every single Jean Claude Van Damme movie. And when a new one came out, you remember like video shops, if there was a new release, they'd have like twenty copies of one film, and then you get like five of the you know I guess chart. They were looking at charts and stuff. He would always d- like go against the charts and always get like <laughs> twenty copies of the Van Damme movies, which uh, you know. <laughs> there'd only be about three people in the town that wanted Van Damme but yeah it's interesting um, well I've but, got a question about mm. 80s 80s movies 80s and 90s movies mm. why do they feel so great to watch like what is it is it because they're like are they filmed on a different sort of reel or is it nostalgia is it the editing is it the is it the, the photography is it the way it's filmed is it because I just takes me back to being a kid? Or I mean, not even that. I watched the other day. I watched um, while you were sleeping with Sandra, but I'd never seen before. Miranda's like, "Oh, I love this movie," and I hadn't. I didn't. I didn't watch it because on Netflix it looks like a, r- a romantic movie. Is that and Bill it is, Pullman in that? Yeah, Bill Pullman and um, and Sandra Bullock, and like it looks like a romantic movie, and it, it, it is, but it's also a comedy, and it was really enjoyable. I d- it took me back to like it just felt warm and safe and enjoyable. What, well, why is and that? also it's also Jim can I just caveat that you've been mainly watching Hallmark movies for the last month so it probably <laughs> felt like it probably yeah. felt like Citizen Kane <laughs> yeah. that, that is a that is a good movie though that is actually I think it's yeah. I think it's two things I think it's that like obviously like all those films were pre-digital so obviously they're all shot on film you know and it has that it has that look that we associate with films of movies of big movies yeah. and 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 there was kind of an era around about between about 2005 and 2008 where films moved into digital but the digital was really um it looked really flat so, so if you look at films certain films around that era those kind of those three years like it really was like man some of the films looked terrible and then and then digital slowly caught up to the scent to, to the fact where now you can shoot stuff digitally that doesn't look that much different to something that was shot on 35 mil let's say mm. but 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 i think the 80s question i i think i know the answer to this and I, I, because i i think it's because in the 80s you could make a film that if it was a good idea and had the right director the right studio they'd make it whereas so it could be like a lot of films i like are kind of like action adventure comedy, thriller, drama, they've got everything in them. So those movies like The Goonies, Back to the Future, like all those films, yeah. they cross across so many different genres. Whereas whereas now, decisions are made on making films and they've got to be genre specific. And so it's kind of like you really can cross two genres, max, really, if 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 you want the film to be released commercially mainstream. So like, you know, like action comedy or um, action thriller, you get away with. But the moment it becomes like, well, it's an action thriller, comedy, drama. Like, you know, look at um, Big Trouble in Little China, right? There's oh, a per- perfect example, like amazing film. It crosses so many genres and it, and it doesn't give a shit. That's the thing. Yeah. It's just... It's unashamedly what it is. It's the same with the Goonies and a lot of those. So I've just shown you that I've got on my desk a uh, a Lego. Um, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I like that. No, I like that. I actually love, love that movie. I normally I normally drink from a um, I drink coffee from a uh, a mug a Tango and Cash mug. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 but I think that's the. That is honestly, that's my my theory is that because they just they weren't specific to a genre, you know. Because if you look at the Goonies as well, like the stuff in the Goonies that if you're making that that movie as a family film now, there's certain bits in it that you they wouldn't allow to be in a film that was a PG or a U because it, it would be too rude. Or because you know you look at a film in the eighties, you watch a family film. Quite often, someone would like get their breasts out or something like in a film. Yeah. It's just oh, it's banter. It's a, to pair of tits, that's hilarious. And and but but now it's like absolutely not, you can't do that, you know, and then yeah. you're dealing with the whole thing of like, um, you know, everything has got to be in there for the right reason. And then obviously it all comes from an algorithm, doesn't it? I guess it's kind of like, you know, like yeah. Yeah. the streamers now, it's all an algorithm, it's all based on an equation of X plus Y equals success, yeah. you know? Yeah, algorithm I think algorithms have uh I was about to say killed creativity. That's such a strong... <laughs> I'm going to reel back from that. But in a way, they have helped, to, I guess, determine determine it. But that's really interesting about the 
genre specific stuff um i hadn't really thought about that and i think it's absolutely right the other thing i noticed while watching while you were sleeping and i know you said sleepless in seattle also not a bad movie um was um i tried basically because i was trying to watch a christmas movie tried to watch loads this christmas um and i was watching the new one and it was um on a train on a train trying to get to a party on a train i think i'm what it's called and it was you produced that martin last train (laughs) last Possibly, yeah. There's a, there's a chance. If you're going to slag it off, there's a chance. <laughs> no, there's, and do you know what? It was a great movie, and that's the end of my anecdote. Who was in it? Was it was Michael Sheen in it? No, I've seen that one. Okay. Though. That's fun. That's yeah. Fun. Well, that's the. I think that's the one that you. Oh, okay, cool. It. That's fun. No, it was um, some young guy was in it. Anyway, it was perfectly nice, but it moved quite slowly. Oh, was it? Was it the? Um, was it the one? Was it? Was it on Amazon? Yeah, it's something like. Was it the one where the the, the, the it was uh, Ezra Butterfield and he ended up at the opposite Christmases? Yes. No, yes. no, that's okay. No, I've seen that. That's okay. That's I quite fun. That's I, fun I, that I enjoyed that actually a lot. That's got um, Danny Mays in it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's really good in that. No, it's got someone else. I can't remember who. But anyway, it was perfectly nice, but it was quite it was quite slow moving, and I was watching for about an hour, thinking, oh, okay, we haven't really sort of gone anywhere. And then Miranda was like, let's just put on an eighties movie, put on like you know while you were sleeping kind of thing, and it just rattled along so quick. There was no like no dull moments it just rattled 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 sometimes like oh i'm an hour in and like loads has happened and i'm really enjoying it and i wonder if that's something that's new to like movie making now yeah i think i think as well i I was talking to um i was having a conversation last night um with um a a a director and we were just just chatting on the phone we're actually talking about work we're chatting nonsense and um and then we got on to how many it was like a particular film and um we start I started talking about how sometimes as a creative like I know I, I've been guilty of doing it myself that pe- audiences are so much more aware of so much more in a film so mm-hmm. if you look at movies that were shot in the 80s like a lot of the ones we mentioned no one at any point during the making of that film was particularly bothered or would have thought about or considered had a conversation about like oh what how does the lighting plan of the film affect the tone of the film people looking at the lighting and the composition and the cinematography and because we have so much access to so much content these days all of us all of us just as people who watch films we, we we look at so many more different aspects of the film like the sound design the cinematography and like you know like I'll be like sat watching a film. I'll be talking to my mother about a film, and my mum will be like, "Oh, the cinematography was really good in that. Or like the lighting was really good in that. I thought the music was really good in something or other." And whereas once upon a time, once upon a time, you just watch the film as a story, and and probably yeah. directors focused solely on telling the story and working with the actors, and you do this and you do this and you do that, and and I think that it's definitely something that I've realised that. I want to try and get to a point where I start working more like that. So mm. I, I I thought that my job was to obsess over everything, that my job is to obsess over everything and micromanage everything. And now I haven't done it for a few years. I look and I go, that's that's wrong. Like like I should the crew should be the exact same way that you should be with actors, which is you hire someone to do a job. Ultimately, mm. That individual knows more about that individual part of the job than I do. Yeah. I know a, a decent bit about everything because that's my job, but they they know what they're doing. So ultimately, if you were to do the same task a hundred times over, they would probably do a better job than I would of editing the cinematography, the lighting, the costume design. And it's just I think trusting people and then just focusing on like telling the story, you know, and working with actors. I think is the key job really. Um, it's called This Is Christmas. <laughs> this is Christmas, yeah. Okay, I know that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me... You weren't involved in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's perfect. It's, perfect. it's got um, Alfred, Alfred Enoch as the lead. Oh, no, film. no, we weren't. It was Sky. It was a Sky film. It was a Sky cinema film. Sky, Sky. Sky right yeah, no, we, we, weren't, we weren't involved in that. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I watched, I watched that film. Um, and it's funny, the... Um, the lead actress in that, um, yeah, Kaya, Kaya, yeah, she, she's, she's super talented, and like, so she's one of those actresses that um, you watch her in something, and it's almost 
a disbelief that it's the same actress that you're watching something else because she's like she seems to be so different and and I think that's great like she did that um uh, ice skating series thing on Netflix that was really intense and she was brilliant in that and then she was in the did either of you two guys see the remake of uh, Resident Evil that came out was it last year no no she's in that actually yeah she's the lead in that and it's such a good film and and, and I was like I don't know if it suffered from pretty big film coming out during COVID, so ended up just slipping out digitally. Um, but it was a really good film. It was, it was, and it was like everything about it, I thought was really, really good. Like it looked great. It moved really, really well. I felt like they told loads of story in like, you know, 100 minutes. Um, she was brilliant in it. And it's one of those films that's like, hardly anyone seems to have seen it, even though it was quite a big, it was a big, quite a big movie. And I watched it and, you know, it was one that was probably one of my favourite films I watched last year, actually. Wow. I thought it was really good. And I watched something else the other day. What was it? Oh, man, it'll come to me when we're talking. I watched and it like people have been slating it and I really enjoyed it. it was, oh, it was the um, Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds Christmas film, Spirited. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah actually, it's, 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 like, it's fun. fun. It's I, I just really enjoyed it. I yeah, really enjoyed too. it. I thought it was just... It was it was what it was, which was it is a Christmas yeah. film of a story yeah. that we already know with a nice twist to it, you know? Yeah, completely agree. I was gonna say, actually, it's interesting you've obviously talked talking passionately about watching film. And I remember years ago meeting a script supervisor and um I was talking about like maybe wanting to get into the film industry in some way, either writing a movie or whatever. And um she was like kind of trying to put me off saying like you know working in film you sort of lose some of the magic of watching film do you ever find that when you're watching a film you're sort of looking at it from a, as a director um i know a lot of people say this but i i don't like personally i think i i think there's a switch that you can just switch on and off and i that's what i do anyway it's kind of i could sit there and watch all not oh i've done that differently oh that's a continuity mistake oh i've gone yeah. for a, gone for a less less powerful bulb in that scene. You know, it's like, it's, but you don't, I think it's something you either, you, you, you can just switch it off. Like I, I can just sit and watch a film as though the same way as if, when I was younger, before I worked in the film industry, I worked at Pizza Hut. It's like, I can watch a film the same way now as I did when I worked at Pizza Hut when I was yeah. 18 years old, you know? Um, so, but I, but I do think that it's like, um, it's back to what I think I was kind of saying in this thing that kind of like, I think we all look at films now, a lot of people look at films, particularly people in the industry, and we're looking at all these different aspects. And the last thing we're just focusing on is just following the story and the characters. Because that, yeah. that starts and stops with that, you know? For me anyway, you know? I thought you were going to say, in the same way that when I worked at Pizza Hut, I could still eat a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can actually. Do you know what? Here's a, here's a story off piece. Um, the, the, um, I used to, whereas I worked at Pizza Hut, I ate a lot of pizza. And, um, and, I never went off it, I'll be honest. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I, I always like, it was always my favourite food, pizza. Mm. And then a few years ago, I couldn't eat pizza. I mean, literally, if I ate pizza, I'm locking myself in the bathroom for an hour. Let's leave it at that. Like, I mean, I'm, no. I'm, in, I'm in a state. And then you're going down some rabbit holes on Wikipedia. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I am just getting lost online. <laughs> um, and, and, and I, but it was fine because of um, the special magic that is Pepto-Bismol, right? Yeah. And Pepto-Bismol, let me tell you, I drink this stuff, okay? And and then last year, about 10 months ago, there was a shortage of Pepto-Bismol in the UK. Like, you couldn't get it anywhere. There was a manufacturing issue. Oh. It, um, without going into any detail, it caused me some issues last year, lads. I'm not going to lie. Right. Like, it caused right. me some issues. But but now, now you still can't get it but I'm making sure anyone I know that goes to the States, or when I go to the States, I'm coming back with, like, hand luggage full of Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> this guy's trafficking Pepto-Bismol across borders. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie in that, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, think, I think there probably is, yeah. Probably is. <laughs> so the, the two things about This is Christmas. I'm sorry to keep labouring on oh, this right, film. Oh, right, back to that. Um, it's only because, firstly, some of it was filmed in Hemel Hempstead, which is, like, not far from where I am, because he literally cycles at one point past my favourite restaurant in it the really? UK, which is called what, in, in Hemel, called <laughs> McDonald's. Don't even heard of it. Um, <laughs> called the Coach Inn. It's so nice. I was like, oh, Hemel. The other thing is they slack off Crystal Palace in the film. 
Oh, come on. At one point, he's going home and his wife is like on the phone or girlfriend and she's buying tickets. And she goes something like, um, oh, get tickets, get tickets for Chelsea for the boys. And then she goes, oh, actually, make it Crystal Palace. Might teach them some humility. Fuck off. Oh, that's that's. Uh... What's that come from? That's brutal, isn't it? That's yeah. absolutely brutal. Yeah. That's, that's a bit that's of nowhere. A, yeah, I don't know who wrote it. Probably um, Millwall support or something. Some Millwall right, support. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hey, tell us about getting into film then. So how did you get how did you get onto this path to where you are now that's a good question <laughs> that's a good question um so i think when i when i was when i was young um i wanted to be either a footballer a tennis player a secret agent or work in film and the other three became pretty unlikely pretty fast <laughs> um but i was i was i was good at, I, I i played i was good at tennis and then um it just like i think you know i had a i had an in, i had a, a an injury and then i was out for a while and then it just got distracted by the usual things that you do as a young guy like i guess drink women you know and and and, yeah. and um but i always i always had this like when i was at school i did um i did drama and stuff i always like i always enjoyed it but as i i was actually said jazz earlier it was kind of like when i um you know being from the northeast of England and kind of growing up in the eighties and the nineties, I didn't know anybody that worked in the film industry. So like, um, you know, the only person from Darlington that I knew that was didn't know him, but I, but I never met him. But that was, and he was famous or worked in TV. Was Vic Reeves was from Darlington. Oh, and, I see. Yeah, Vic Reeves is from Darlington, and uh, but then I didn't know. Like, there's no, there's nobody that you could ask that that. Um, would say to you, give you advice because obviously as well, this is kind of like pre-internet as well. So, you know, the internet, I remember the internet came in, in school. Like I remember it was 1995 doing like the internet was like, you're doing it in IT. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah, my, yeah. and I couldn't even, I wasn't the best at the internet because I got kicked off the IT course, my IT GCSE because the classic gag of like, obviously one of my friends went onto my computer and put a video of like a man having sex with a horse or something. And then, <laughs> oh, no. and then, and then I got, and then I got kicked off the course. Um, but, but then it was like, there was, even then you got, it was like, how do you break into the industry? Um, so I kind of like my, I, I started doing like bits and pieces, like in front of the camera to try and get behind the camera. So, um, and, and I would do like, um, I did at one point like a lot of like daft TV commercials. So like like you know like um like deodorant and 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 shampoo and all this and like you know like really really bad. Like I've been in some terrible terrible TV commercials. And my my mum actually has a has a like a, like a she has them all on a disc. All of these commercials. Oh, like a re- whole reel of them. A whole reel of them, mate. Yeah. Like she has a reel of these commercials I did, and like I tried to just bury it, you know. But um, but yeah, I did these commercials and then. Doing commercials and things, I started to like, you know, I was still like young at the time and I, and I was like starting to meet people, doing other bits and pieces in front of the camera. I had one bad experience where I did a job and um, basically I was, I had a scene where um, essentially it was like a, a sex scene in this, in this thing, in this, this film and I won't say what it was, but, and, and basically I was supposed was to be... That- it wasn't a Pepto Bismol advert, was it? I wish, I wish, <laughs> and but this, so this was, this was like, this was me trying to like when I was trying to figure out how to get into film, and um, anyway, long story short, like, I got this part in this film, and at the time I was still only young, I was like, I don't know, twenty one, something like that, and um, and I had this scene where this woman is supposed to be like a lot older, and she's like seduced this young guy, yeah. And um, okay, like Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. I was going to say, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And yeah. this woman's on top of me, and and she's supposed to be like you know bouncing up and down, doing the biz, and then and then I'm like all overwhelmed, and then the character like she realizes he realizes that, that she's like um the wife of some guy that he's scared of, and he gets out of bed and leaves. And I remember when I did it, right? I was concerned about like oh, are people going to see me tackle, you know, and. Um, <laughs> And no, 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 not at all, not at all. But but you know, um, how you know they're going to they'll see your backside. So you get out of the bed, and the camera's here, and then they'll see your backside. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But just as an FYI, like I I was sort of said at the time, I have nothing that resembles an ass. It's just 
flat. It's just like a, it's a back with a hole in the middle. And so, so anyway, this, this thing, whatever. And then I remember sitting and watching it, going to this screening and sitting and watching it with my mum. My mum came along with me, sitting and watching it. And my mum was just like laughing and laughing. She's like, and then my mum like taps me on the shoulder. She's just like, uh, Martin. I'm like, she goes, you can see Willie. And I'm just like, what? And, and and then and then basically I got I got out and the, you could see my backside, but then on the on the opposite side of the room, yeah, was um a very, very how many it was if it was like um a water or something like a shiny surface and oh, clear no. as day you can see the reflection oh, of my entire gear. <laughs> so we had to like search them or they had to like take it out or whatever, but like clear as day there it was. So I was like, oh man, like I can't do any more of this stuff. I didn't I didn't really really enjoy being in front of the camera. Does that make sense? I, I didn't Yeah, yeah. I liked the idea of it, but in my head it was always that I would use it to try and get a foot into the industry because it was the only way I could think to do it. And um my mum was always really supportive of me. Um I, I, my dad was my dad is supportive as well, but my mum was like um like quite relentless. Like I'm like I would relentlessly bang my head against the wall till it comes down. So it's so funny because I will I would meet people now still to this day, and I'll meet them, they're like, have we met before? And I'll be like, nah. And they'll be like, we have? Your mum used to send me a headshot of you every single week for... F- oh, man. Wow. And, and I'm like, yeah, and there's so many people I meet like that who I now, you know, work with as peers or whatever, who, who yeah, my mum used to send these headshots, and I used to have long hair. So I used to have a proper... Oh, did you? Oh, man whole like Bon Jovi thing going on and um, it was like it was like it was like Bon Jovi meets the strokes it was odd like it was a look do you know what I mean and I used to get like I used to get like suits right I used to get suits like so they were absolutely like fitted like so I could hardly move and then like a little like a little like flare at the bottom and I would wear like Chelsea boots and like and like vintage t-shirts underneath with this long John Bon Jovi hair Man, I need to see some What a look. I was really strong. I thought it was strong. <laughs> Looking back, it was horrendous. Like, <laughs> me, 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 my mother still has a picture in a house of me and my two brothers and my sister um, when I was like early 20s. And um, it's one of those pictures where it's like you, you go to a photographer's and they take the picture of you and you're like, oh, I've got my hand on my sister's shoulder and like this, you know. <laughs> and um, And... My hair in it is wild. My hair is like, it's like so long. It's like almost down my back. Oh, wow. But it's got like um, highlights in it. And it was, and right. it's try to straighten it as well. <laughs> wow. I, think, I mean, so I re- speaking of, I really want to dye my hair. I really want to dye my hair blonde. I, got, I, just, I, just, I did it as do a it, kid man. and I really want to do it again. But my wife says don't because I'll then have to change up my headshots and my agent might get annoyed. But I also uh, think, yeah. fuck them. You know, yeah. I'm a creative. I do what I want. You got a sort of like have that Paul Gascoigne when he was at Rangers type look. Yeah, yeah. You were a nice really coming. Oh, in. Yeah. yeah, God, that was strong. That was like um, half and half type thing. Gaz, Gaz is Gaz is probably probably my all time favorite footballer actually. Yeah, brilliant footballer. Unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. I'm reading a really good book at the moment. Sorry, it's a bit off topic. Called. Um, the the year England the year football came home or something. It's about Euro '96. It's really good. It's just like the guys like done so much research about the build up and stuff and Gaza and then the dent- dentist chair. Oh mate, it's so good. I'm rattling through it. That's it's great. really good. But I can't remember who wrote it. But it's um, yeah. If you're into football, it's definitely worth getting. Um, just going back to like so obviously, obviously that acting wasn't the plan. It was just like it was a means to an end to get behind the camera. But I'm wondering if like now, that's giving you like an understanding of like when you work with actors of being on the other side of the camera in a way. I know is that something many directors maybe don't have? I think so. I think that, um, I think I remember doing stuff and like, and people would, directors would say like, even if you're in a commercial where you're crossing a street and then you're like, I don't sweat. And then it's like, sure. And there'd be me like, you know, like, let me shut off doing something. And, um, <laughs> and um, I remember even doing stuff like that. That was, I knew at the time it was like, you know, I was just doing it for the sake of doing it and to get money. And, and I was also doing those things to, by this point where I was still doing commercials, I was living in London and I was using the money from the commercials to start to try, we were trying to make me my pals, we were trying to make like um, short films and stuff, you know. Um, so, but I remember at the time thinking to myself, 
why is this guy like so bothered about like directors have said no 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 not don't don't put the the, the the deodorant can under your armpit Martin. it needs to be at a 45 degree angle for you like just nonsense just stupid crap and do it let's do it like that and it always stuck with me but i hate that i hate you telling me how to do something when you've employed me to do the job to just trust me to do it yeah so that was definitely something that i've always taken forward that I'm not there to tell people how to act, but if I'm directing, I'm there to I'm there to simply trust the people that you've picked to do the job, and just you're just there to kind of tweak it and and make sure that all the performances of, of individuals might be amazing, but just make sure they're coherent. Like it's not I'm not there to tell every single person how to act, how to speak, how to project. Like it's like I find that so annoying. Like, the, if I did that to someone and they just chinned me on set, I'd be like, yeah, I had that come in, to be honest. You know, like, like, I fully deserved that. Um, I just, and I just, I just don't like that. So that was definitely something I took forward. Yeah. But also now, now that I'm, you know, producing more, um, so, you know, that's been really interesting to, to I, I look at myself when I direct now and I'm producing and I'm like, I can be a bit of a difficult dick sometimes, actually, you know, and 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 I, I'm not necessarily aware of, I wasn't aware of sometimes the, the the scale and the the pressure on the decisions that you make as a director, the impact that that has on the people who are, you know, have responsibility, both kind of fi- that financial obligation, if you like, you know, and um, that's that's definitely been another thing as well as doing a bit of acting when I was younger. That's another thing that is definitely informing me as the director, I think, you know, that remembering it's a job at the end of the day. And it's like, it's, it's, you're there to do the very best job that you can do, but not to make other people's lives more difficult because of something that I might think that I'm fighting for is right. It's not right and wrong. It's all subjective at the end of the day, yeah. you know? And I guess it's a, it's a collaboration, isn't it? Like you're not, you know, everyone's got their roles and responsibilities, but you're all working together towards this common aim rather than like i'm in charge i tell you it's like well actually if we all work together then in theory everyone gets there quicker and in a nicer way yeah no that that's it i i I was um i was talking to somebody recently who had um who didn't didn't know me and um they'd said to someone else oh what what's what's martin like to work with and um the person that asked was someone that worked me a few times and and I was, when they gave me the, what they said to me, I was like, really like, please, when they said to me, oh, well, this person just said, oh, that Martin treats making films like it's a team. Like he doesn't treat anybody. And I always try to employ that mentality and, 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 and obviously try and get other people to think like that, that it's like, you, the film doesn't happen without the director, but the film also doesn't happen without the runner, without the caterers, without the costume, makeup, all of these things. Every single, and every single person in that department is a cog. It's a cog in a machine, and it's like I, I never want to be in a never want to be in a position where there's a queue of people at, at the bus waiting for the lunch on a film set, and I walk to the front and take mine first because I deem myself to be more important. Yeah. I, like the day that I do that, I'm a twat. As far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I just that's just what I think. I just think it's. It's like anything, isn't it? It's like football, it's like anything. It's, it's making a film as a team. It's a team sport. It's like you need all of those individuals to, to come together to create something, you know? I mean, I know, I know Giles will tell me now that you won't say this, but like, I really want to ask you about any twats on set that you've dealt with. But I know you're too professional to tell me probably on, 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 on air. Yeah, no, I, I, I tell you off air, but um, <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think it's just, you know, I, can't, I, I, I would never name names because I always think, well, if someone's acted badly, I always don't know what they've got going on in their day or what they've got going on in their lives at the time. I guess sometimes yeah, I yeah. try to think like that. But, yeah, you know, there's definitely, um, there is definitely actors, for example, that I work with, have worked with or work with who have not been the easiest to work with. And then there's been other people who've been amazing. And, 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 and I just think that, I think that, what I realise is that the actors who are easy to work with, I think, take the ethos into their job that that I think you'd take into if they were working in a factory or they were working in a, a shop or working in whatever it is, any industry, 
is that like normally the people who do well, you obviously get people who are absolutely ruthless. I mean, ruthless and don't care about people and they get to the top. And that's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is treating people with respect and knowing that those people you treat with respect that, that maybe be deemed to do a job lesser than you, one day is probably going to be hire you for a job, you know? Yeah. And, and like the, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I won't say, and I won't never name anybody who I thought was difficult to work with, but I would happily name people that I thought were amazing and were an inspiration. And, you know, like um, two people that I worked with that I thought were just were really inspiring were Michael Caine and Gary Oldman, two people wow. who both have the same, the same quality, which is they've obviously got to where they are because they're really nice blokes like and 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 they 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 turn up every day in, in like with in good spirits they 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 know their line they, they know all the basics right so they're not there like going oh what was my line what was this what was this and they they know that they've consumed that before you start rehearsing and they're there trying to what more can i do what more can i do and want to be around the other actors and talk to people and get to know people and are friendly to people and I remember Gary Oldman goes around you know, and shakes everyone's hand. I'm nice to meet you. I, I, you know, and they're a bit of blah, blah, blah. And I'm Gary. Michael Caine is the same thing. Nice, nice, nice to meet you. What's your name, son? Da, da, da. Michael, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> but, but, um, but just a really, really, um, and I see that. And, and, it, and when I see that in people like that, I'm like, it, it reinstates to me that I know by trying to be nice to people and, and, and treat everyone the same, that is the right thing to do. Mm. And sometimes people will say to me, you shouldn't be like, you should be more aggressive and this and that and the other. And I'm like, I just stand by the fact that I just don't think you should be like that. You know, I think you treat people as you want to be treated. I've always thought that. I was brought up to, 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 to think that. And when you see actors like that, and there's certain certain young actors as well that, you, that I've worked with who I see are going to be are going to have a career. They're going to have a great career because they're like that as young guys. You know, it's like, oh, now I'm I'm super famous and I'm going to be a pain in the ass. So yes, some people are like that, but other people aren't. They're like just like normal guys who just want to crack on. They see it as a job. Mm. I think that's the key thing. Remember, it's a job. Mm. It doesn't define you as a human being. Mm. It defines you as a as your career. It defines you as an actor, as a director, or a producer, or whatever. But it doesn't define you as a person. You know, you're still you still go home and you're the same person. You just might be a, a bit more a bit more famous. You know. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, just on directing, what what's the kind of I guess a day to day kind of what are the jobs and stuff that you have to do as a director on a day to day? Obviously, you're kind of got your hands over most of the project. What what would be a, like a typical day in the life of a director on a set? Um. So. For me, when I'm shooting it, I, I'm, you know, on, <laughs> the one thing I don't like about film is the hours. <laughs> it's like yeah. ridiculous. It's like, why do we have to start so early? You know, like, and people will try to give me the thing about, oh, it's, it's daylight hours now. So I'm like, yeah, 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 no, that's not true. That, that information will come from me, but it's just, people just buzz off it. I'm sure they do. But it's like, my day will be like, I'll get up, always go to the gym before I go to set. Like, so if that means I've got to get up, like, I, you know, sometimes I'll be in the gym at like 4.15 in the morning or 4.30 yeah. and, and I'll have a workout. I normally will work out with an actor. There'll normally be an actor who's either a mate of mine previously or, or, or someone I've met in that film who likes to train, you know, and I like to go to the gym in the morning. I just do 45 minutes, go back to whatever hotel I'm staying in, get literally arrive at set. Have a break. Have a breakfast out of a box and set. I will, I will always. I the way I do it is I will walk the. I like to walk the day with the cinematographer. So like my cinematographer Hovard, um, it's Norwegian. We've worked together now for. We started working together. We shot our first film together. I don't know six years ago or something, and um, I worked with the people beforehand. Everyone I worked with was was, was great and. Um, it was just what I like about about Hovard is he he's a very sort of like um, he's a very diplomatic guy. He's a very quiet guy and knows what he wants to do and has and has complete confidence in his own technical ability. And so we'll walk the day. We'll discuss what we're going to do. 
we normally have script supervisor will walk it with us. Again, that's quite unusual in the sense that like I, I try to use the same script supervisor and everything. Um, and you know, the script supervisor that I normally use, she again is a friend. And with the three of us are going to walk the day, we walk through it, what we're going to do, have it all, go through what we've already previously planned out, the short list, go through our short list, go through all of that. Then then go through anything that we know is going to be a problem during the day. If it's going to rain, if some if an actor's hungover, or, you know, like, like all of the all of those things, um, identify the problems, and then you know start sort of crews getting set up, and then we'll start you know try and turn over as early as we can in the day, and then the plan that we set out at the start of the day always goes completely out the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And is is that t- is it a bit like um, when managers get a, jo- a football job and they always bring their same backroom staff and assistant manager? Is this a similar sort of thing with you having the same cinematographer and stuff? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we we I, I it's where I work. I try to bring people, even though even as well when you're producing, you bring in people that you know will do the job. Yeah. That you know, like that person is every person that you bring in. That you that you trust is someone you don't have to worry about. They're going to do that. I don't have to micromanage them. Be it as a director, be it as a producer, you don't have to micromanage them. They can get on and do their job. But anyone that's like, and I like I like to, you know, everyone needs a break. Everyone needs a chance. Everyone needs to be their first film. But every person that's a risk, that's their first film. That is someone that you've got to keep an extra eye on. Mm-hmm. Not because they're not talented. It's just normally. They're not as kind of like off fair with like the, the, the workflow, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in finding a team, keeping it, but also not being naive enough to know that those people, young people coming through are super talented and people just need a break, you know. Yeah. But I guess, I guess like you could, if we've, we've bringing new people in, you've only got so much energy and time in the day. So like it's actually unfair if you bring in too many new people that don't know the ropes. You can't actually then do your job and give them the time they need. It's a balance, isn't it, I guess, between making sure that you can keep an eye on the people, but also you've got people behind the scenes that do what you do. And then you can concentrate on... It sounds like you're sort of spinning a lot of plates, basically, in that role. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it is. You're spinning... I actually used to spin plates. I worked in a circus for a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, little, 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 little weird fact. Um, but, um, yeah, I, um, I worked in a circus. Literally would do spinning plates and all sorts of... Wow, perfect training. Perfect training. I was well prepared. Juggling, spinning plates. I did. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so I was, I was well. I was well prepared for, for for working in the film industry. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So many good insights into. No, thanks, Martin. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking about football shirts. <laughs> There you go, Martin Owen on the Blank Podcast. Beautifully done. This, I mean, I think my. When I'm you were pointing at me, it's you, it's you, it's you. <laughs> that was nicely done. Very nicely done. Um, yeah, Martin, what a top bloke. Yeah. I mean, so easy to talk to. Some really, I mean, obviously the football chat I loved and always will. Um, I love all the stuff about working as a team on set and collaborating mm. and, and in the in the few handful of acting jobs I've done, that's always the like the energy I try and take on set as well. It's like be, be pals of everyone and like you everyone wants the same thing so if you're nice to them and nice to the crew and and as well and the director and other actors and stuff then in theory everyone gets there but it's nice to see that that's replicated from behind the scenes as well so i'd imagine if you're someone that's worked with with martin it probably could be quite a pleasant experience and i think that's just but you know what i'm like I'm, i like everyone getting on but it's nice to hear that that is something that's replicated in the industry yeah and i think that's important to say that i mean obviously he mentioned two big stars that he'd worked with in gary oldman and michael kane and how you know we hear this a lot actually don't we that the bigger the star sometimes the more humble and um yeah you know workman like or workwoman like um they can be in the workplace in like and particularly in cinema and stuff you know you've got huge huge celebrities but often yeah. they're the, the hardest working and 
you know, with any kind of, you know, not just creative jobs, but any jobs, as long as you like turn up on time and you're nice to everyone, then you're going to get rehired, aren't you? Well, that that's my, that's always my theory. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't always happen. <laughs> my, my rehiring rate is not, is not huge, but I, I think uh, surely that's the way to be. Like surely that's a more enjoyable existence for everyone than being an ass. Although as Martin said, like people do have off days and I think that's totally fair and you don't know what's going on in people's lives and yeah. stuff, but it is nice to hear that like, yeah, there are people out there that just are nice. I don't know. Maybe I'm a very simplistic person, but I just like I like it when people are nice. Yeah, it's nice to be nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And to be fair, everyone on that's come on this pod has been as well. So we're very lucky. So at least they're they're all saving their nice uh, personalities for coming on the pod. So we'll we'll take it big time. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, anyway, thank you to Martin for for kicking off to twenty twenty three. I know this is wow. our fifth year of doing the Blank Podcast. Oh my word, that's mad! Yeah, that's absolutely it's gone mad. Gone by in a storm, isn't it? And we're hitting the big two hundred. Yeah, in a few up. weeks. I know. My I'm God, still trying what are we the Obamas. <laughs> it's not answering your calls. Yeah, they've not answered any of the calls. Oh man, this is one nine four. So yeah, we're only six weeks away yeah. from big two hundred. Oh, well, join us in six weeks to see what we're doing there uh, and the previous five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just join us every week. <laughs> Please stick with us. Yeah. But so we hope, you know, every episode should feel like the 200th. Uh, well, yeah. If someone could leave us a review on iTunes saying every episode feels like the 200th, that would be absolutely, absolutely great. Uh, but it's good to be back. We unless, hope all our listeners. Unless the 200th episode is shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Reserve judgment and see what, it's, see what it's like first before reviewing. Please do review us, though, if you're enjoying the pods and, you know, you've enjoyed them. Maybe it's your first one. If it is, welcome aboard. Maybe you've been with us for a long time. There's a big back catalogue if you are new. Um, but leave us a review on iTunes or, or wherever you listen to your pods and it will help us get heard by more people. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but if you have enjoyed the pod, uh, thank you. And we hope everyone's had a good break, Christmas or holiday break, whatever you whatever you do celebrate or don't celebrate and uh, happy new year to everyone and it's it's, it's good to be back it is good bit to be gap <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's back to be good um <laughs> it is good to be back and nice to see you jim yeah good to see you too bud and we're back next week of course aren't we with another another episode we uh, as we as we crack on with 2023 but i guess until then have a good week mate and um take likewise. care of yourself likewise Thanks, man. Same to our listeners. Have a good week. Look after yourselves. And we'll see you again next week on The Blank Podcast. Don't get cancelled. <laughs> I forgot about that. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Thank you.